0: Well, hello, and God bless you. Welcome to BlendCouragesYou.com, where we're here with the word from the Lord to help keep you encouraged to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Blend, and as always, I do give God praise, glory, and honor for being here with all of you on this episode number 248 of our podcast. Well, BCU family, we have a special lesson here today, dealing with kindness. So please go ahead and take this time to get your Bibles, your notebooks, something to write with, a snack, and settle on in. Blend Courages You is coming to you with three lessons from the life of Joseph, all dealing with the law of kindness. That's what's coming up. Next. family. Welcome. All right everybody, so I feel like I need to give some background as usual as to why we're studying my friend Joseph today. So for those of you who were unaware, Blend Courage is you, while well, yours truly does a Bible study with God's grace and help on every Thursday night as the Lord leads. We are live on YouTube on channel Blend Courages You at 8.05 Eastern Standard Time, 7.05 Central, in case you ever would like to join us. Now, lest you think that this was just a plug to get you over there, not so, although I wouldn't mind seeing you all there, uh, figuratively, of course. The reason that I brought that up is because our podcast today is a part of that study. Let me give you some more uh, background information. Over the past few months, we have been studying Joseph and what I call the law of kindness. And I say I call it, it's actually the scripture, of course, and that comes from the book of Proverbs, chapter 31, where King Lemuel was recalling what his mom told him about what a virtuous woman looks and sounds like who she is. And the scripture says, I believe around verse number 26, that the law of kindness is there when she opens her mouth with wisdom and the law of kindness. And this let me know that when the virtuous woman spoke, what came out was words that were gentle, that maybe have corrected, but were very sweet. And this is the way that not only the virtuous woman is, you can see the law of kindness throughout the scriptures and various characters, especially in Joseph. So the Lord led me to go back to the beginning. And of course, that's in the book of Genesis and to really do a deep dive in the study of his life. Now, I will say to you, BCU fam, that I can remember the story as a youngster in Sunday school. And I'm pretty sure that the Lord has uh, had where someone has taught or preached about Joseph on more than one occasion, when the Lord gives you a a study for you to take a peek at it, it really can change your life. And we can learn so many things from how Joseph conducted himself all throughout his ordeals. So on that wise, what I'd like to do is to talk to you all about three lessons that I learned from the book of Joseph in regard to the Law of Kindness. Now, for the sake of time, I will likely be skipping through uh, different chapters and verses and things like that. I behoove you, BCU fam, if you have not done so recently, to take a good look at the life of Joseph and read through it prayerfully and see just how the Lord illuminates your understanding and lets you know how you should conduct yourself in the face of your adversity. I, I tell you, Joseph leaves us without one excuse. So let's get into our study here today. I would like you all to make your way, if you can, to Genesis chapter 37 and let's take a look at lesson number one. So the first thing that comes to mind is that being chosen often means being disliked. Being chosen often means being disliked. So, as we take a look at the life of Joseph, first of all, he was favored above all of his other brothers. The scriptures let us to know that Joseph was a product of his father's old age, so he was older when Joseph was born, and he was born with the wife, Rachel, that he loved. So his father's name was Jacob, his mother's name was Rachel, so he was very highly favored to begin with. And his older brothers did not like that at all. His father was very clear (laughs) as to the fact that he was more favored. He made him a coat of many colors and the scriptures say that the brothers hated him and could not even speak peaceably unto him so he was already disliked now i there's a lot that i could say about joseph and the, the favoring of one child over another but we'll leave that alone for right now so that's not the chosen that i'm referring to it's god chose joseph and it's evident in the scriptures because On top of not being liked because of who he was, Lord, I thank you in here today, Joseph had two dreams. He had a dream that some sheaves would, 11 sheaves, as a matter of fact, would bow down unto him, and that represented his brothers. And he had a second dream where 11 stars, the sun and the moon, obeyed him or bowed down to him. So he was rebuked of his brethren, as well as his father, because they were thinking, well, what is this? Shall we bow down to you (laughs) and shall you reign over us? So the brothers envied him. The brothers were upset. The father, though, his father observed the saying, so he pondered what was going on in his heart. Now, while the father just pondered and let it go, the brothers just did not like this at all. And subsequently, They got to Joseph and they cast him into a dried up old pit. And while they wanted to get rid of him, Lord, I thank you. Well, I thank you in here, Jesus. He ended up, he meaning Joseph, ended up being sold into slavery. His brothers sold him into slavery for 20 pieces of silver. And Joseph was carried into Egypt. So rather than kill him... I guess they figured that the slavery would just take him out. Now, what I find interesting here, BCU fam, is that outside of Joseph talking about his dreams and having a conversation with his brothers prior to being put into the pit, Joseph did not say a word. He didn't say a word. So he was disliked and he knew he was. He never spoke up or fought his case or any of those kinds of things. And for someone who's chosen, and I'm not sure that Joseph understood the level of of the choosing that he had, you could see that his faith and his trust was in God and that he did not allow that to have him to speak up out of turn. Now, for many of us, myself included, when we've been bullied and picked out and picked on and all those kinds of things, We tend to want to devise ways to explain to someone, you know, I'm just a nice person and and this is just who I am and I don't understand why you don't like me. And, And there are times, BCU fam, where we do need to speak up and to say certain things to people. I agree with that. There are other times, though, that we just need to endure the situation knowing that God is choosing us for something and we need to go through. Now, I'm certainly not saying that it's easy and that it's pleasant and that it feels good to us. When we realize that God has chosen us for something, we're going to be set apart. We're going to be sanctified and not everyone is going to like that or agree with it. We just have to stick with Jesus. So that's lesson number one. Being chosen means often being disliked. We got to hang on to the Lord. Let's get ready for lesson number two. Now, the second thing that stands out to me is Joseph and how he ministered, even in the midst of his situation. So if I had to to condense that somewhat, I would say that ministry doesn't stop because you're being persecuted. Ministry does not stop because you're being persecuted. Now, if we go to Genesis chapter 39, Joseph was brought down into Egypt and Potiphar, who was an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, bought Joseph as a slave. So Joseph started off as a shepherd and now he is sold into slavery. Lord, I thank you. And with this Egyptian ruler that he had, The Lord had so much favor and had chosen Joseph so much that everything that Joseph did prospered. And because Joseph prospered, it prospered Potiphar. And Potiphar had it so much so that Joseph was over everything in the house. He trusted him with everything that he had. So in his slavery, he ministered. Effectively, He took care of what he needed to. Now, because he was a nice-looking man, from what the Bible tells us, and because he was smart and, and did things properly, you know, of course, Potiphar's wife decided to take a look at him in the wrong way and wanted to uh, have a little tryst with Joseph. And because Joseph was full of integrity, he resisted her advances. As a matter of fact, uh, in Genesis chapter 39, uh, right around verse number 8, it says, But he refused, as she was saying, lie with me. But he, meaning Joseph, refused, and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master would not with me in the house, and he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is none in this house greater than I. Neither have I kept, neither has he kept back anything from thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness? Is what he called it, and sin against God. So this lets us to know, BCU fam, that he had God in his view the entire time. Now, as he's he's ministering, and I'm going to go into that a little bit deeper. Uh, he's taking care of everything. He did not allow his position to uh, as a slave to stop him from doing his best he also did not take advantage of the situation so uh, a long story short is that she continued to try to press him for it you know to lie with him and he eventually fled and he left part of his garment and he was accused of attempted rape because uh, her feelings were hurt And she just said, you know, this Egyptian has come in to mock me. And she accused him of rape. And he was thrown. He, meaning Joseph, was thrown into prison. So here he is doing his job like he's supposed to. Right. And then he's now cast into prison. But see, God is so good anyway. He's so good anyway. Uh, the end of Genesis 39 says, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. This is verse number 21 of Genesis 39. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison, and whatsoever they, they did there, he was a doer of it. And the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord made him to prosper." So he continued to serve well and to minister even while he was wrongly imprisoned. Now, on top of that, moreover, going into Genesis chapter 40, after all these things came to pass, uh, there was a baker. All right. That was thrown into prison and a butler that was thrown into prison. Pharaoh had gotten upset with the two of them and threw them into prison and they both had a dream. And what happened is, is that this dream troubled them so deeply, BCU fam. They they wanted to know what it meant. And because the Lord was with Joseph, Lord, I thank you because he was with him. Joseph, again, being wrongly imprisoned, Joseph volunteered with God's help to interpret the dreams. As a matter of fact, in Genesis chapter 40, verse number 8 as they were talking about how disturbing these dreams were and that they needed someone to help them with it. And Joseph said unto them, I'm sorry, and they said unto Joseph, we have dreamed a dream and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, do not interpretations belong to God. Tell me them, I pray you. So please tell me. And again, that's Genesis chapter 40, verse number eight. So what happened was is that Joseph Interpreted the dream of the butler, and uh, just for the sake of time, the butler was going to be restored back to his position. Now, when the baker told his dream, he saw that it was a good one for (laughs) the butler. (laughs) He didn't get so good news. He did not. So, what was going to happen to the to the baker was is that he was going to be beheaded. So. Verse number 22 of Genesis chapter 40 says, and I'll go to 21 actually for clarity. Now, let me go back to 20 actually for clarity. And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants. And he lifted up the head of the chief butler and the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again. And he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand but he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to him. Yet the chief butler remembered not Joseph, but forgot him. So in all of this, BCU fam, Joseph continued to be faithful to God and minister. All he asked for, rather than an offering, rather than his innocence to be proclaimed, or any of that sort of thing, he said, just please mention me to Pharaoh, is what he had asked and he had asked the baker to do so since the baker was going to be restored back to his position. The baker ended up forgetting him for two years. He forgot all about it. And what I'm saying here is is that the scriptures let us to know that Joseph was faithful and ministered throughout that time, and I'm pretty sure into that two years as well. Now, it didn't say that he interpreted any more dreams or anything. The scripture also did not say that Joseph was uh, a handful that he had got rowdy or anything like that. He stayed his two years and continued to minister and to do what it is that God told him to do, even while in prison. So we have to stay faithful to God and minister in spite of what is going on around us and in spite of our adversity. We have work to do, and sometimes our best work, God allows us to do our best work when we are under adversity. So that's something for us to keep in mind. Let's get to lesson number three. And our third lesson is around forgiving from the heart. Forgiving from the heart. And this is where you really see the law of kindness come through. So let's get set up for this. So in Genesis chapter 41, you have Pharaoh who had this disturbing dream about Fourteen cows. So there were seven cows that were fat fleshed and seven that were ill favored and sort of skinny and sickly. And what happened was is that these cows were all grazing together and the lean fleshed or the ill cows ate up the fat cows. And Pharaoh could not understand what was happening. And he had a second dream, and he dreamed that there were seven ears of corn that came up on one stalk and these Ears of corn were wonderful, and then there was these seven thin ears, and then the thin ears devoured the full ears. So, two dreams. And his spirit was so troubled that he had called for the magicians of Egypt and the wise men, and they could not help him with this dream at all. It was at this point that the butler all of a sudden remembered that Joseph was imprisoned, and he was supposed to mention him, and he said that you know, Joseph was down with me in prison. You know, we had these dreams. The butler had this dream as well as the baker and he interpreted these dreams correctly. And (laughs) he's down there in the prison and he could probably help us out with this. And I'm just paraphrasing. So verse number 14 says that Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph and they hastily got him out of the dungeon so I don't know, BCU fam, if he was down uh, in solitary or what have you. So it doesn't say prison. He was down in the dungeon at that point. So he shaved and got himself together. And what he did, and I just, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for seeing this. Um, in verse number 16 of Genesis chapter 41, as Pharaoh is talking to Joseph about this dream, Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. So he gave God the glory already for being able to interpret this dream. So here we see the law of kindness once again. So as Pharaoh recounted this dream, Joseph let him know that there was going to be a famine in the land. And what needed to happen is that Pharaoh needed to get someone who was wise enough to store up plenty of food for this famine that was going to come. There's going to be seven plenteous years and seven years of famine. So get some food together now. This is going to be happening very soon so that there's enough food in Egypt so that we don't all starve to death. And he said, you know, appoint someone that's discreet and wise over the land of Egypt. And what Pharaoh did is as he heard what was happening, the Lord spoke to his heart, obviously. And Pharaoh recognized and said, can we find such a one as this a man in whom the Spirit of God is, and that's Genesis 41 and 38. And what Pharaoh ended up doing was making Joseph second in command over Egypt. Look at that, BCU fam. Look at that. He went from a shepherd to a slave, to a prisoner to a governor. So his faithfulness paid off. And that's what he ended up doing. He had fine linen and he ended up getting married and having children. And the Lord has blessed him for everything that he had uh, gone through. And not so much that, but just for his faithfulness to God. I think that we often expect uh, all of these material things because we go through things. And, and that's a, a byproduct. I think that the Lord blesses us for being faithful throughout our trial. So that's what the Lord did. Now, with that... With this, this famine being in the land, it just wasn't going to be in Egypt. It was going to be all over it. It was going to affect others. Now, Joseph's brothers and Joseph's family is affected by the same famine. And going to Genesis chapter 42, Jacob sends his sons down to get some corn so that they could actually live and not die. When they finally got to Joseph, when they journeyed, and I believe it was about a 10-day journey of my study notes, uh, don't fail me. When they got there, Joseph recognized his brothers and of course they did not recognize him. It had been a number of years since they had seen him and I'm sure he looked different. And of course he spoke Egyptian uh, versus Hebrew and and all of that. So he knew his brothers and what he did was put them through a series of tests. Uh, He asked a lot of questions. He accused them of being spies. And what he wanted to know is, is that had his brothers changed. So uh, test number one was that I'm going to give you your corn. I'm going to give you what you came for. The But you have to leave one of your brothers here. All right. And you have to bring me your youngest brother because he wanted to know if his youngest brother was still alive. Did they do the same thing to him that they did to Joseph many years back? All right. So th- that's what happened. Uh, verses, I'm sorry, Genesis 42. And even in that, even in that, he wept. You could see that he had the law of kindness in him. He, he still loved his brothers and, and he wanted the best for them. So they took Simeon, one of the brothers, as surety, so to speak. Uh, they got the corn. Uh, he put their money back in their sacks and he sent them on their way. All right. So verse number 40, I'm sorry, chapter number 43 says that the famine is continuing to go on. So they had to go back down to Egypt to buy some more food. They had money, but there was just no food in the land. Now, Jacob did not want this to happen because he didn't want anything to happen to his youngest son. And of course, Simeon is there bound. But at some point he had relented and said, listen, if if the children are, they're taken away from me, it just has to happen. We need to get some food here. So as they go back to Egypt a second time, they're afraid, of course, because they have to go back in front of of Joseph and the money that they had originally bought the corn with was restored back. They thought it was maybe a mistake or something like that. They brought it back and they got to be a little nervous because they had to go to Joseph's house now. And they figured that they had to answer for what they did as far as the money is concerned. So with that, uh, Joseph decided to have lunch with them. He didn't reveal who he was. And what he did was they what they did, the brothers did rather, was to bow down to him because he's the governor. Now, see, the Lord's words had come to pass and they brought Benjamin and Benjamin and and Joseph locked eyes, as it were. And Joseph was so overcome with emotion that he had to leave. He wept. He had to leave. All right. So you can see, again, the law of kindness popping up. Now, they ended up all eating together, separately, but together because of the caste system. And then in chapter number 44, what happened was, is that Joseph had them to fill up the brothers' sacks with corn and whatever it was they needed. And they put in a silver cup. He planted that evidence, BCU fam, to, or on his brothers rather, to get them to come back. But wait, there's more. There's a reason for this. So he allowed his brothers to get so far and he asked his staff to go and stop them and to ask about this cup. (laughs) So uh, as he does this, the, the servants do what Joseph asked them to do. And they find this cup in Benjamin's sack. And they have to turn back because they feel like they need to go and state their case. They didn't take this cup. All they did was come down to get this corn so that they could live. And they had no reason to take anything. So what you see here in Genesis 44 is Judah uh, has this entire speech where he proclaims his innocence, where he will be surety. He says, you know, listen. I know that we you found this cup in Benjamin's sack. Uh, you can't keep him here because it's going to hurt our father too badly. And, you know, all we did was come down here to get our corn. Please, please, please uh, take me and don't take him. And what that was, BCU fam, was a test to see how they would treat Benjamin and also how they treated one another. And what you saw there was is that they were repented. They had actually changed. They weren't the same men that threw Joseph down into the pit. They loved their younger brother. They loved one another and they loved their dad. And that's significant. There was some forgiveness there because they forgave their dad for how he treated Joseph over the rest of them. And Obviously, Joseph had forgiven them for what he'd done, although they hadn't—he hadn't done the reveal just yet. And then they loved and wanted to take care of their brother. So, if they ever—and the Bible doesn't say that they had ill feelings toward Benjamin at all—if they ever did, uh, it was—it was not there anymore. So they had actually changed. The Lord had changed all of them. And Genesis 45 is just so beautiful because, as. Joseph is listening to Judah with his impassioned plea. He could not contain himself. He wanted everyone servant wise to leave out of the area and he lifted up his voice and he wept. I mean, that the whole house heard him weeping and he finally revealed himself as who he was. And he said to his brothers, I am Joseph, you know, is my father still alive? And his brothers were so shocked and so troubled at his presence that they couldn't even speak. And he said, "I listen, come close to me. Come close to me. I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold to Egypt. Don't be grieved. Listen to this forgiveness, BCU fam. Don't be angry with yourselves that you sold me. Verse number five says, for God did send me before you to preserve your life. For these two years has this famine been in the land and there are still five more to go in which there will neither be earring or harvest." Verse 7, and God sent me before you to preserve you in a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So it was not you that sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and a lord to all of his house and a ruler throughout Egypt. Haste ye and go up to my father and say to him, thus saith thy son Joseph, God has made me the Lord over all Egypt. Come down unto me and tarry not. Listen to this, BCU fam. Listen to this forgiveness. And thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me. He's saying, you all come back to me. You and your children and your children's children, your flocks and your herds, everything that you have, come down here. And verse number 11 in Genesis 45 brings tears to my eyes. And there will I nourish thee. I will take care of you. I will feed you. I will make sure you have everything that you need. For there are yet more five years of famine, lest thou and thy household and all that thou hast come to poverty. BCU fam, when you think about what Joseph went through, he had every right to be angry retaliatory to just grab Benjamin if he wanted to and maybe just get his dad and and let it be known there and let, and let them go into slavery or just let them starve to death. He had every right to do that. Rather, he chose to forgive and do things God's way. And because of what he said, because he forgave them, he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and he wept and And Benjamin wept along with him. That's verse number 14. And verse number 15 says, moreover, he kissed all his brethren. He went to them, BCU fam. He reached out to them, BCU fam. He did not wait. He kissed his brethren and wept upon him. And after that, his brethren talked with him him so they had a lot of catching up to do that is some powerful forgiveness and the story ends where Jacob is overcome with the emotion and his son is still alive they all go back to Egypt and are taken care of and even when uh, Jacob passes away the brothers were a little nervous that okay dad's passed away and now we're going to become slaves and Joseph said no no not so not going to happen <laughs> not going to happen, BCU fam. He said that he's going to continue to nourish all of them and their little ones. And he did just that. He did just that. So he took care of them for the remainder of his lives. He comforted them and he spoke kindly to them. That is the law of kindness That is forgiving from the heart. There was nothing being brought back up again or going back as to what you did and how you treated me. There was no going back down that road, BCU fam. There was no vengeance. It was all love and forgiveness. And that is a powerful lesson and one that we need to make sure that we are doing ourselves, myself included. Amen? Amen. BCU fam, I tell you, I could go on and on and on and on with this entire lesson, but it has really blessed me and it's also convicted me as well. And I thank God for that because as our hearts are pricked as to what we're supposed to do, it helps us to be more aware of how we're supposed to conduct ourselves so that God is glorified, honored and praised in all of our interactions. So just know that in your adversity that God is with you and if you stay close to him, he's going to guide you and lead you as to what to do, what to say, what not to say, and how to act so that he's glorified, honored, and praised. What we go through is all for a reason and it's all going to work out for the good, right? Romans 8.28 lets us to know that, that all things work together for the good. For those who love the Lord and for those who are called according to his purpose, you're called and you're chosen, it's all going to work out for good. Amen? All right. Amen, BCU fam. I have got to wrap things up. I am so prayerful that this was a blessing to you. If so, I'll tell you what, if you're not already on the blendcouragesyou.com site, please make your way there. Go down to the conversation board and let's talk some more. With that being said, BCU fam, this is Blend from blendcouragesyou.com here signing off. Once again, thank you all so much for your prayerful support and for tuning in today. And Lord will, until the next time we are together, may our awesome God bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you all and give you peace as you stay on the wall bye everybody